1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm honored. Today is Friday, August the 20th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on August 20, 1968, the Soviet Union and other Warsaw Pact nations began invading Czechoslovakia. They crushed the Prague Spring. It was a drive toward liberalization. Today in 1862, the New York Tribune published an open letter by editor Horse Greeley, was calling on President Abraham Lincoln to make more aggressive measures to free the slaves and end the South's rebellion. Today, in 1866, President Andrew Johnson formally declared the Civil War was over. That was months after the fighting had stopped. Today, in 1953, the Soviet Union publicly acknowledged that it had indeed tested a hydrogen bomb. And today in 1964, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Economic Opportunity Act, EOA, nearly a billion dollars, 1964, nearly a billion dollars in anti-poverty measures. He would defeat poverty as we have known it. He said, now all these years later, there's more poverty and more people dependent on the government to live. Progressive politics and progressive policies never, ever work. Today in 1988, a ceasefire in the war between Iraq and Iran went into effect. Jerry Lewis, remember Jerry Lewis? I mentioned him the other day. He died today in 2017. He was 91 years old. And one year ago today, Accepting the Democratic presidential nomination, Joe Biden vowed to our nation. He vowed to move our nation past the chaos of Donald Trump's tenure and return it to its leadership role in the world. Let this soak in. Joe Biden vowed to move the nation past the chaos of Donald Trump's tenure and return it to its leadership role in in the world that was at the conclusion of his virtual convention his speech online but he had chosen to speak to an empty arena in delaware joe biden vowed to america to move the nation past the chaos of donald trump's tenure and return us To world leadership. Of course, we're living in perilous times. There's no question about that. Football season is starting. I know many of you perhaps or some of you are not football fans and I've gotten very disgusted with football over the years, professional particularly. All these guys on their knees and all that kind of stuff and turning their backs on the on the national anthem and one thing another, but it remains to be a very powerful force, sports in general, football in particular, in America. I found it interesting. I've never met Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seahawks. Years ago, when I was hosting a daily TV show for many years, 12 years, I knew a number of the C- Seattle Seahawk players at that time. They were guests on my show. Jim Zorn, the quarterback of years ago, was often a guest, Uh, Steve Largent, some of those guys, the late Ken Hutcherson, many of us knew them. I knew a lot of those guys. I don't know any of them now. I've never met, as I said, Russell Wilson. And frankly, some of his political leanings, I've kind of questioned a little bit, to be honest. But, But he's known for his preparedness before each game. He is an outstanding, one of the best in the league, if not the best quarterback. But apparently he is also very much into preparing spiritually for what each day may bring. He shared a powerful message from his with his social media followers. He has millions of people that follow him, as you can imagine. He was urging the millions of people who follow him to turn their hearts to God. I want to share just a piece of what he said before I tell you what's happening in our world overnight. He shared this powerful message standing in front of his locker in the um, locker room of the Seahawks put it out there just yesterday or the day before 32 years old. He said, everyone can find peace with God. I wrote an article today about the fact that NBC particularly has singled out Christians this week and they've been not NBC per se, but people on NBC. And they, if they're on there, they speak for whom they work for, obviously. They've been singling out Christians, evangelical Christians, and comparing them, honestly, to the Taliban. I wrote an article today about that at faithandfreedom.us. That's our website. Be sure you go to faithandfreedom.us, not .com or something. There's a whole bunch of other websites out there now that have taken this name. There weren't those in existence when we began using it, and when we took it in, um, I think it was 2004. 2003 or four but anyway be sure you go to faith and freedom freedom. us but um, I wrote this article today it's about and it it uh, kind of documents what's being said on NBC this week it, it, it's a, it's a little and, and the week before as well it's a little daunting but some of their people are comparing biblical Christians to the Taliban in fact they're calling biblical Christians America's Taliban, it, it's, it's disheartening. But I included in that article, and I don't think we'll get to a lot of it today, but we'll get to some of it. I included in that something that Russell Wilson has put out there. And I want to share that with you. And then I'm gonna come back to what's happening as we speak overnight while, while you were sleeping. But Russell Wilson put out on the media, and I, as I said, millions of people follow him. He said, you all ever go to bed and you're tossing and turning and can't sleep? your minds are running, all these different things, whether big or small, whatever it may be, you can't find that peace. And a lot of times we're trying to find the peace of me, the peace of you, the peace of us. He continues. He said, I'm quoting him. What the scripture says in Philippians 4:7 is the peace of God, the peace of God that transcends all understanding. That's the kind of peace that I want to have the peace of God. I challenge us to try to search for that. And a lot of times what happens is that we run our own thoughts, our own ideas. We're constantly thinking about what we want to do, how we want to fix it, how we want to handle this, and we want to do this. He said, how about God? How about Jesus? What would he do? I think the biggest thing we have to connect to is the promise of God actually reading the scripture and understanding what he wants for us and what he wants for me. I know for me personally, that's what I've been working on, not trying to find my own peace. I want the peace of God. Again, you can see that I posted in the article that I wrote, I posted a a video that he put out of him in the locker room saying what I just read. There's also a picture there, it may or may not have been appropriate for someone to take it, probably not, but it shows he and his wife in church recently in worship, and of all things Russell Wilson is on his knees beside the pew praying and calling out to God while his wife is standing beside him with her hands in the air. This is not a man who is without influence. And that's where his heart is. Apparently, as I said, I don't know him. I've never met him. But that seems to be where his heart is. Praising the Lord, seeking God's peace in our troubled times. There's something there for all of us. Take a moment today and read what we wrote there. Overnight, the Biden administration is continuing to inform American citizens in Afghanistan. As of last night, while we slept, that they will be charged more than $2,000 to board an evacuation flight out of the country. American citizens out of Afghanistan due to his incompetence. They have to sign a deal that they will owe the government $2,000. The State Department told the press yesterday afternoon that they have no intention of following up on that and levying the charges, but the people have to sign this agreement. Does anybody believe our government anymore, particularly this government, who promised one year ago today that he will return us to leadership in the world? I don't think so. All pa- it says, right? I'm, I have a copy of of the of the form they have to sign. The people you see in those pictures out there, standing in line along the barbed wire corridor that allows them to get in, those that can get in that far, past the Taliban, who's who's the gatekeepers of What we're doing of Biden's America now in Afghanistan, these people have to sign this deal and give it to them. And I have a copy of it. I'm looking at it. It says, all passengers will need to reimburse the U.S. government for for the flight. A promissory note for the full cost of the flight, which may exceed $2,000 per person, must be signed by each adult passenger before boarding. That's a quote. I, I, I can't believe it. And the, the form is on their website, is on our U.S. Embassy website in Kabul. He's in, he's continuing the president to inform American citizens in Afghanistan as of last night that they have to pay more than $2,000 to board an evacuation flight out of the country because he's blowing it. Despite the State Department, when called on it last night, they're telling the press that no, we have no intention of levying those charges. But the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan has stated in multiple security advisories all week, including last night, that in order to be included in a flight out of the country, you have to complete the online form in order to secure a repatriation flight. It says, quote, this form is the only way to communicate interest in flight options. That's where our America is today. The State Department spokesman, Ned Price, he came out late last night. I mean, our time. I mean, East Coast time. And he, he said, no, 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 no. He said, that's a misunderstanding. There's no intention of seeking any reimbursement from those fleeing Afghanistan. But they're still having to sign that this morning to even get on a flight. And the bigger problem is there are no flights, basically in regard, in relation to how many people are trying to escape the country. It's unbelievable. Question number 14 on this form says, repatriation flights are not free. <laughs> well, well, I know, and we taxpayers are paying for it. We're paying for all the mistakes that have been made there as well. All passengers, I'm looking right at the form they have to sign. All passengers will need to reimburse the U.S. government for the flight. A promissory note for the full cost of the flight, which may exceed $2,000 per person, must be signed by each adult passenger before boarding. No no cash or credit card payments will be accepted. So they just have to sign a promissory note and they have to uh, give it to the government. And the government says, oh, we we won't really follow up on that. Of course not. It's amazing. Question 15 on this form, it states that American citizens that cannot afford to pay their way out of Afghanistan can sign a loan agreement with the U.S. government using their passport as collateral. The top of the form states that the information collected will be used by the U.S. Embassy to facilitate travel back to the United States for those fleeing the security situation. That's what they call it in Afghanistan. I would call it more than a security situation. But anyway, that's what this form says. Politico was the first to report this yesterday afternoon. Now other news sources are reporting it. I suspect during the day you'll be hearing reactions from the... um, from the Biden administration. And again, they'll probably be denying that they, they're going to collect on that. But how do you know that's true? I mean, we, we don't know that. I mean, they're lying to us so often, almost daily now. It's it's an amazing time for us to be living, for sure. And other, as I said, other news sources now are reporting that. I mean, even as I speak, there's stories being published uh, online by major news uh organizations and they're they're talking about this because it's all it's i mean if you were telling me this and i hadn't seen what i've seen i'd wonder if if you have, weren't mistaken maybe you'd gotten some bad information somewhere it's absolutely incredible what's going on here so we we have we have our country our president is so challenged apparently that he took the he took our armed forces out first because the Taliban told him to. I kid you not. So he pulled out the army, all of our military first. Now he's trying to take out our citizens and the Taliban says, we'll decide who gets through because our military has already been withdrawn because of the bumbling of a president who one year ago today told our nation, and our world, that he would lead us back out of the chaos of Donald Trump and lead us back to world leadership. France, this morning, as I speak, and it's all over Europe, I mean, you can read this in a lot of European publications this morning, France is, is withdrawing in an orderly way all of their French citizens from behind the perimeter that the Taliban has has created around the airport Without any problem. I know they, uh, <laughs> I understand the Taliban probably isn't as adverse towards France as they are America. They hate America. They hate Israel. They've said that time and time again. That's why they exist, is to destroy America and wipe Israel off the map, so to speak. Iran, I talked about this yesterday. Qatar, all the Middle East countries are beginning to say, uh, <clears throat> we should have coffee together or tea or whatever. And it's, there's a, a coalescing beginning with these Middle Eastern countries in particular, but China and Russia are all over the place. China can't hardly contain themselves from what I'm reading. I read quite a bit yesterday afternoon. They're wanting to have a relationship, quote unquote, with Afghanistan, with the Taliban. And because of the rare earth materials that are available in Afghanistan, I mean, there's said to be trillions of dollars. I don't know. But China's all over that. Russia is strutting around, smiling, smirking. I mean, Iran is saying, yes, we can work together. We can solve, we can, you know, help our people and blah, blah, blah. All this is going on in the world as we speak. Pretty amazing times to live. I'll tell you for sure. In the last letter that Paul wrote the last letter that Paul wrote before he would be executed for the faith, not because he had done anything wrong, it was just because of his faith in Jesus Christ and what he was preaching. The last letter he wrote was, we know it as 2 Timothy. He said, This also know that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Does that define a generation? It does. Without natural affection, that certainly defines where America is today. We're celebrating people who are without natural affection. Human sexuality that's perverted. We celebrate it. We're pushing it on our kids that are four years old. Verse 4, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. He goes through the whole thing. You know the chapter, I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard sermons on, I hope you have, in your church. In verse 5, he writes, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And I know I've quoted this verse often, but it's so appropriate to today. We have people running all over America in leadership now, claiming to be followers of Jesus Christ, Christians. And they're not at all. They have a form of godliness, that is, they claim religion, Christianity in particular, so they can get ahead politically, but they deny the power of it. Paul says, turn away from that, and he was speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. These are inspired, infallible words that I'm reading today, not just someone's idea. Ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, he said, in his last words. He knew, he knew his life was very vulnerable. He knew the end was in sight for him. He, I mean, he cared, but he didn't really care because the goal that he had, the mark that he pressed toward, was bigger than life itself. It was eternal life, eternity. He told a young Timothy, the pastor, He said, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. He said, Persecution, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Lystra, other places. He said, What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived does that in any way define the times in which we live of course it does but continue paul wrote to this young pastor continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child that hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given, he said, by inspiration of God. And he goes on to say in verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. In the midst of chaos, knowing that his life was very, very soon to be snuffed out by those who opposed the message of Jesus Christ, he was telling a young pastor, his protege, so to speak, he was telling him, continue hunting good works. The message of that last verse of that chapter is, to us, in perilous times, and these are, the message to us is, don't go hide in a cave somewhere and try to pull the opening in after you so that nobody can find you and you won't know anything because you can't deal with what's going on in our culture. I want to tell you today, yes, you can deal with it. You can Russell Wilson, again, whom I have not met, but I identify with what he's saying, and he's saying it to everybody that follows him, and there's millions of people that do. He's known all over the world as one of the greats in professional football. He said, I'm looking and I'm searching for the peace of God. And all of us are. The people that don't even know God and don't know they're searching for the peace of God, they are searching for the peace of God, but they're trying to find it within themselves. That's what progressivism is all about. It's about me. It's not about thee. I make rules for me, but I don't have to keep them. I make rules for thee, and you better keep them. That's progressivism in a nutshell. I mean, that's my version of progressivism. That's the world we live in, and that's where it's taken us. On two levels, there's concern. One level is that it's political. We need to... We need to get rid of these people and vote them out of office. I mean, it's that simple. I'm a simple man. I grew up on an apple orchard. I mean, what can I say? But we need to get rid of these people, for goodness sakes. We need to suck it up. I believe there was a a lot of irregularities, corruption in the last election. I'm one of those people out there that believe that. I really do. I I can't believe that 80-some million people voted for Joe Biden for president. I just don't believe it. Forget Trump. I mean, just take him out of the mix for a moment. I just don't believe that. And I've seen enough evidence that I haven't been convinced otherwise so far. But be that as it may, we've got to figure out a way and we've got to get on our knees, even if we're not football players. And even if we can't, if we're over 40 and can't get on our knees, we need to spiritually get on our knees and seek the peace of God, first of all, in our nation, and in our culture. And continue on in the works of the Lord. That's the last thing Paul said in that chapter to Timothy. He said, yeah, all these things are wrong. It's like, wow, that's negative. I mean, deliver me from all this stuff. Everything's going wrong. That's what he said. He defined times exactly like we're living in today. But the last thing he said in that chapter was, but continue on in good works. Don't get sidelined. Don't become paralyzed by fear or anxiety or disappointment or discouragement or depression. Or become suicidal, as many are now, in all of this stuff, pandemics, and, and a, a crazy leader. I mean, honestly, he is not capable. I mean, whether he's a Republican or whatever, or Democrat or whatever he may be, this president is not capable of leading. And everybody knows it. Even Associated Press. And they are his undying friend. They are today really questioning his leadership. And they should be, but they are. And some of the networks are. Not all, but some of them are. Even ABC was kind of pretending, like at least, to challenge him yesterday. These are not good times in the world, in our nation, and it trickles down into our communities. But I want to tell you that Paul would speak to us today. I mean, the words that he gave were under the inspiration of God himself and God's Holy Spirit and and, I mean, a lot of people are saying a lot of things today, but we got to stay close to the Word of God and stay focused and look at what's going on in our culture through the Word of God, through that lens. And that's when all things begin to make sense. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I mean, we used to sing that as a kid. We don't sing it anymore, I don't think. I mean, I wish we did, but... That's where we are today. I mean, some of the older little hymns and choruses we sang in church growing up should not have been put away in the basement somewhere. But that's where we are today. Just, I mean, yeah, it's really bad. But God's peace. Jesus said, my peace, not as the world gives, but my peace I give unto you. A peace of God that passes all understanding. If a football player can understand that, I think you and I can. We can grasp that. And we need to just rest in God's peace. But don't check out. Don't say, oh, I'm on overload. I can't take any more of this and so on. You need to because God wants his people to be informed. He wants us to know what's going on in our world. But he wants us to be balanced in that knowledge of information and being informed. He wants us to be balanced in, with his power and his grace and his peace in our lives. So, I mean, be concerned, get upset, go run for office, do something. Do whatever you can do, whatever your hand finds to do, as the Bible says. Because Paul instructed us, Timothy and us, to continue on in the good works and do what the Lord has called us to do. Thank you for being with me today, and thank you for your support. I haven't mentioned it the last few days. There's so much to say and so little time in which to say it, but we do need your support. Please stand with us, and thank you for all of you who do. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, where I, the article I referred to. I'd Be sure to check that out today. At faithandfreedom.us. You can also contribute there. Thanks for being with me. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.